Death tried to keep you inside of the grave. The enemy fought you. He tried, but he lost. You cannot be stopped. When we cried for freedom, you tore down the
Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the house of the Lord today. We're so glad you are here with us this morning to worship the Lord. It's a delight to have you. If you are a first-timer, um, we're very, very delighted to have you. And in the back of the pew, you will find a card there. And if you wouldn't mind filling that out uh, and stop at the Welcome Center on the way out, uh, there'll be a little gift for you. And just want to say that we appreciate you coming so very much to be with us in the house of the Lord today. I want to um, start out by reminding you that we have very special service this evening. This is part of our summer revival series Sunday night. And Pastor Aaron Whetstone, this is going to be a, a fresh voice for us. Uh, he's never ministered here before. His dad has, but not uh, Aaron. Aaron and his wife, Angie, tremendous couple. Um, they're um, pastoring, as I mentioned, and tonight will be with us at 6 o'clock. So I want to encourage you to come, bring a friend, bring an, bring an enemy. <laughs> Second thought, bring an enemy, because before the night's over, they'll be your friend. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, so we're glad to have all of you here today and hope you can come and be with us at 6 o'clock this evening. For the sake of those that were not here last Sunday, and this is, we're right in the vacation season. Some started on the 4th and then uh, that was last weekend. Some are gone now for vacation. So we're trying to catch everybody up and especially want men to pay attention. I mentioned last Sunday and briefly we'll mention again that... Um, uh, 16 months ago or so, we were working on a, on a plan to expand our leadership and have an elders ministry, and we introduced that uh, just before the COVID situation hit, and when that hit, we just kind of shut everything down. Well, we're bringing that back, and I would like to encourage any of the men who are members of the church and, uh, and have a passion for Jesus and a love for this church and would like to uh, consider uh, being a part of this. Uh, there is a packet. If you got this packet last year and you still have it, you don't need to get another one because it's the same thing. The only thing you do need to get if you have the packet is a fresh uh, form for you to sign at the back of it that says you would like to be considered for that. And again, I just want to remind all of you that what we're looking for is finding a more biblical view of leadership in the church to do a better job to minister to the needs of the congregation, to help provide spiritual oversight, and to lay a foundation for future leadership that's coming behind us. So we're looking for men with a passion for Christ, a love for the church, and a sense of calling. This is not something for someone who just, well, I think you should put your name in. That, that's not the way we want this. We want people who have a passion and sense a calling of the Lord. Now, I would like to encourage you, if you are considering it, please make sure you read the entire document. I read it again yesterday. It doesn't take long to read it, but absorb it because there are biblical qualifications and obviously there are things that are uh, absolutely customized to our church. And we're looking for men who have been members at least two years, 25 years of age or more, are faithful in attendance, faithful in tithing in this local church, have a heart for this. And there are many qualified men in this church that may not have at this point in time the ability because of other issues to make that commitment. But if you sense the calling 
and direction of the Lord, you have until the 28th of this month, which is a Wednesday evening, to turn it back in. And so we ask you to, um, obviously, to take time to pray about it, seek the Lord. And uh, we're looking for four men right now to go with the eight we have. Now, there will be more opportunities coming because some of those men that are serving now are going to be taking time away from that. And so we'll be adding more later. But I wanted you to pray about that. Men, consider it. Seek God about it, and if the Lord leads you to do this, then and we don't want to coerce anybody. But if you feel led of the Lord, then we certainly would love to have you consider it, okay? So let's stand together and pray and ask the Lord to bless today's service in a great way. And as I mentioned, we are actually going to be back at 6 o'clock this evening. And I really want to encourage you to come and really love to, well, I'd love to encourage everybody, but I'd love to encourage the young adults and teenagers uh, in the house today to come uh, and experience the presence of the Lord in a great service this evening. I know you'll be blessed with the Lord. I'm convinced of that. Let's look to the Lord this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, God, that we can come together and gather here in the house of the Lord today. And God, we know that we have some folks, Lord, who are are right now, God, going through physical trials and there's healings that are needed. And so, Lord, we're praying that for those that are unable to be with us today because of that, we pray, God, that your healing power will rest upon them. Lord, that you will increase faith, God, in their lives and in our lives as a church, God, and that we will see great and mighty things that will occur for your glory and your honor and your praise. And we ask you, Lord, right now, as we open this time of worship, God, and preparing our hearts to receive your word, that you will just in be in, the, involved in this in the most wonderful and powerful way. May people experience you and walk away knowing they've been in the presence of God. And we want to thank you for it, give you praise and glory for what's going to happen in this day. Lord, you be glorified in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise and come out singing, worshiping the Lord. Let's have church. Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. But the miracle that I just can't get over is my name is registered in heaven. I believe in signs and wonders. I have resurrection power. Still the miracle that I in heaven my praise belongs to you forever 
your mercy has allowed us to experience, God, your blessing and your healing and your hope and your security, God. I thank you today, God, for salvation, God. But God, I thank you that because of that salvation, I am an heir of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that I am the daughter of the King, and that today, God, I can come to you, God, boldly before the throne of grace and mercy, and I can ask of you, God, and I can believe and trust that you are working everything for my good, that the problem and the circumstance I see are not bigger than my God. They're not bigger than your power and your might. But God, I believe, God, that everything, Lord God, is part of your plan. You are taking us from glory to glory and faith to faith. That is what your word says, God. And I believe it today and I stand on it, God. I will not trust what my eyes see, but I will trust what my heart sees, what you give me in faith, God. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it. Every circumstance, every trial, every test, 
God, and turning it around for our good, God. Using it, God, to bring you glory. So, God, in the midst of it, God, in the midst of our trial, in the midst of our circumstance, God, we raise a praise to you, God. That's how we're going to fight our battles, churches, giving him praise and worshiping him and glorifying him and magnifying him, making him bigger than the problem today. Some of us need to just make him bigger. He's so much bigger. We've made the problem so big, but our God is the biggest. There is nothing like him. He can overcome anything, anything this world throws our way. All we have to do is throw our hands in the air and give him praise, and he will come. The word says he inhabits the praises of his people. So is there anyone here who wants him to come today and inhabit this place? Hallelujah. I raise a hallelujah. the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. 
I was reading in the Psalms, and I was getting ready this morning to come to church, and I read that scripture where it says, He trains my hands for war. He trains my hands for war. I believe, though, that He trains us for war in our praise. Amen? He trains us for war in our praise. Because the battle belongs to Him, and as long as we give Him praise, what did He say? Send Judah first, right? And the battle will be won. He has given us the weapon of praise. And this song says, it's your breath in our lungs. So we poured our praise. He trained us for war by giving us breath in our lungs so that we could praise him. One of our weapons is praise. Yes, he trains the hands for war, but he trains our spirit. And the way he does it is by giving us breath in our lungs to praise him. So you already have the instrument of praise. You already have the weapon this morning. It's already been given to you. If you're standing here today and you're breathing in air and you're exhaling, then you have the weapon of praise. And so in this place this morning, we're going to give him all glory and praise because he is great and worthy. Amen. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the dark.
The praise won't be because of a circumstance or because of a battle, because we're fighting anything. No, the praise is just going to be to the lamb who was slain, who has taken away the sin of the world. And we're going to lay our crowns at your feet and we're going to cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. All the earth, church, all the earth. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will
the service and just give him praise from your lips. Not the words of a song, only the praise you can give him. Give him praise from your lips today. Thank him and praise him and magnify him for the great and awesome God and his mercy and his kindness and his goodness and his power, his provision, his healing, his word, his hope, his peace, his security. God, you've been our all in all. Thank you for bringing us through. Thank you for blessing. God, I thank you, Lord, for those mountaintop moments. I thank you for the celebrations. I thank you, God, in the hard times that we drew closer to you, God, because we had nowhere else to go. I thank you for those times because they were strengthening times. They were times that our roots went deep. And we settled in and we grew stronger. So I thank you for the good and the bad because with you, God, it's all good. It's all working for our good. It's all blessing. So I thank you and I give you praise. It's your breath. So I give it back in praise and glory for who you are, God. It's your breath. So we pour. So we pour. So we pour. What a great God we serve today. Thank you, Lord. We pour out our praise to you, Father. We thank you for your goodness to us in every way and in all ways, Lord. God, we praise you today. Hallelujah to his name. Praise the Lord. Praise God. You can be seated in his presence. Thank you for worshiping the King of Kings. Psalms 95 and 3 says, For the Lord is a great God, a great King above all gods. And we do praise him today for his for his goodness, and more than that, for his goodness, just because of who he is to us, our Lord, our God, our Savior, our all in all, our everything that we will ever need uh, until we leave this earth and we go home uh, to be with him. Uh, and I was reading that uh, this morning, uh, and it excites me every every time I read it uh, out of First Thessalonians 4, and I think about, uh, you know, the next greatest event that is going to happen uh, is the catching away of the body of Christ, uh, and it's going to take people by surprise. And I'll tell you this, it's going to take some church folk by surprise too. But I'm living to keep my eyes fixed on the heavenlies. My ear is tuned for the trumpet blast and for the voice of God because he's going to come very, very soon. Uh, nothing else has to happen uh, for that to take, take place. We are living in the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm thankful that we have that blessed hope that he will take us home uh, to be with him. Thank you for being here. I'm going to ask the ushers to come. We're going to move uh, forward in the service here and want to say thank you for your giving as you sow into God's kingdom work here, whether it's mission, uh, tithes, uh, general fund, uh, whatever you give. Thank you so very, very much each week. And we give God praise for all his goodness to us, how, he is, how he's blessed us and how he's kept us and how he's uh, provided for us uh, in every way. And he certainly will do that. So let's pray. Let's give this morning with the spirit of worship, and then we're going to hear the word of God preached this morning. So, Father, we thank you today that truly you are the great God, 
the great king above all gods. And we're so grateful, Lord, to be able to be able to be in your presence today, Lord, to have your presence not only with us, but in us, Lord, as we read in your word in John 14. God, we're so grateful for an opportunity to be able to not only worship you with our with our words and with our with our songs, Lord, but we worship you with our giving now, God. We know that that you're not poor and that you don't need our, our money, God, but we need you need our obedience, Lord, and that's what we do today. We obey you by bringing the first fruits to you, by sanctifying the entire lump, by giving the tithe, God. So, Father, we're so grateful that you give us obedience hearts. Now, bless your people, Lord. God, I realize that people may be in need today, but, Lord, as we release in faith, Lord, we know that you're going to take care of your people. God, I'm reminded of what David, the psalmist, said. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, or God seed begging bread. God, thank you for that promise, Lord, that you will bring that forth even in our lives and in our generation. So, Father, we thank you for that. We commit the remainder of this service into your hands. We trust you. We believe you for the outcome, God, and for what you're going to do in us and through us. And speak the word from this pulpit now under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the revelation of the Spirit today. So, Father, we thank you for that, and we commit it into your hands. In Jesus' mighty name today, amen. God bless you. Let's give to the Lord in worship. Praise the Lord. He is a way maker. Let's give the musicians a a good hand of appreciation for their work all the time. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I did such a good job explaining that, man, but I didn't tell you where to pick up the form, did I? 
So it's at the Connect desk after service uh, if you need the whole thing or if you just need um, just the nomination form. You can get either one. See Sister Karen afterwards at the Connect desk. And if you were one that did sign last year, we are asking you uh, because things could have changed for you over the year. We're starting fresh and starting over. I want to just mention real quickly... Um, uh, the junior youth church just left us, and uh, I wanted to say this while they were still here, but they're gone. I, um, I look, and, and um, I, I see um, uh, Stevie and Jennifer Herring, and they have, um, in the last few months, they have joined the teaching group back there with our kids. And I'm so appreciative for these young couples that are stepping up and saying, we're going to help with some of the ministry in the church. And that's such a blessing. And I'm just so appreciative for them and uh, obviously all of them that work, but to see some of them. And I want to thank Craig and Jean Kurkowska for working with uh, our young adult married ministry. And um, they hosted a wonderful picnic yesterday. And Thank you for inviting my wife and I, even though we're a little out of that category, but we had a commitment that we couldn't go, but I heard it was great. Pastor Joel and Karen were there and uh, uh, there's a great time. Thank you for your investment in these uh, young couples and we appreciate looking for great things to come out of it. Yesterday, I came out here and needed to get something and I drove into the parking lot and I saw a car sitting here and then I saw uh, a young lady. Are you still young? You're still young, aren't you? Young lady out there walking and it was Stacy. Zunner, and I just stopped, and I'm like, you know, I didn't know if she was having a problem or anything. She said, I just felt led of the Lord that I was to come here and pray around this parking lot today, and I praise God for that. I, I can't think of anything better you could do than to come and pray for the blessing of the Lord to fall on the house of God. Amen. What a wonderful prayer service uh, this past Wednesday. The Lord showed up. It was great. Thank you all. I just appreciate all of you. Love you all. Whether you come to everything or one thing we're doing, I thank God for all of you. But do come back this evening unless you've got something better going on at 6 o'clock, and I doubt you do. So be in the house of the Lord. Let's go to the Word. Luke chapter number 15. Luke chapter 15. Familiar scripture, different message. Luke 15. Let's stand together, those that are able, for the reading of God's Word, beginning at verse 11. And uh, we praise the Lord. Again, for all of you here, I, did I see Brother Reuben back there today? Did I see some of the family? Praise God. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord and visiting with us um, from Florida. Praise God. In verse 11, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me the share or my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not longer after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe, severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven 
and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him and ran to him or his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf. I can really get into this. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. I want to speak to you today on this thought. There's something better in the father's house. There's something better in the father's house. Thank you, Lord. We are in the father's house today and we thank you for that, Lord. You said my house should be called a house of prayer and we thank you for that. And we thank you for your presence today, God. And we look forward to the day that we go to the house of the Lord in the heavens, not made by the hands of men. We thank you, God, for that house of the Lord that will come for your scriptures tell us there's a new heaven and a new earth. We live in this one now, plagued by sin. But God, we thank you for privilege to know that there's something better in the Father's house. Anoint us to bring forth this word, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> you may be seated. Recently, I have spoken a number of messages. A few weeks ago, I spoke a message on famine, American style. A couple of weeks ago, I preached on being equipped for difficult days. And last week, we prayed for our sick uncle. We prayed for Uncle Sam, not Fisher. Amen. You're well, aren't you, brother? Amen. But we prayed for our nation. If you did not hear any of those messages, they're all archived on uh, our website. I'd encourage you to um, watch or listen or get a CD. You can purchase one for $2 if you'd like. So very serious times in which we live and I really sensed in my heart that God is really calling us to prepare ourselves for what's coming. Not for what's already here, although we need to be prepared for that as well, but for what is coming. We're living in very dangerous and harsh times. It's becoming increasingly difficult to be a Christian in this country. It's becoming more difficult. It's not come to bloodshed, at least in any major way, and we haven't been imprisoned for it, but we realize that it is more difficult than it was at one time. Now, in other parts of the world, it's been this way for a very long time. There are places in this world that you speak the name of Jesus could get you in prison or worse, could get you executed. You could lose your life. I read stuff all the I get emails from various Christian organizations like Voice of the Martyrs and others that are reminding us of how difficult it has become in some countries to name the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just saying the name of Jesus. I want you to be prepared. And I believe that today's message can be a blessing to you. But I want, I want you as a people to be prepared 
for whatever is coming, to have a strong, rooted relationship with Jesus Christ that will get you through whatever we might face. I feel that's my calling. I feel that's my vocation. I think that's the assignment that God has given me. I may not do it as well as some, but I want to do my best to have you and myself prepared for whatever might be coming. I'm not going to be a doomsday negative person, but I do realize we are living in what the Bible calls perilous Times. And I mentioned that last week and how we as a country have fallen. By the way, as Christian, as believers, we have not moved away from the nation. We've not moved away from the mainstream. They have moved away from us because we have maintained the same beliefs that we've had for 2,000 years in the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, and in our country. And we've really spent time last week with historical facts and talked about those things last week. And so it's not the Christian church that's moved away. It's the world that has moved away, but that world is trying to drag the church with it. And so we've got to be very sober-minded about that. And we've got to pray and seek the face of God. I want you to remember something that Jesus said that's easily forgotten because it's not one of the passages that we commit to memory. And it's in John chapter 15 and verses 18 and 19. Here's what Jesus said. He said, if the world hates you, keep in mind, how about this? Keep in mind. When somebody says keep something in mind, they mean remember it, right? Just keep this in mind that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you don't belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, and that is why the world hates you. Now, Jesus said, keep this in mind. So this really would be a good passage to memorize because he said, I want you to remember this, that when people hate you for Christ's sake, that they first hated me. And the reason that they hate you is because you're not of the world. Now, this doesn't give us a license to be hateful people. That's not what this is saying. This is saying love God and love everybody, but make sure your commitment is first to Jesus Christ before anything, before husband, before wife, before mom, before dad, before son or daughter. Your commitment is to the Lord Jesus Christ, and that may get you in trouble, but if it does, just remember that Jesus said they hated him also. But I want to talk today about the fact that while this world is going crazy, there is something better in the Father's house. And I want to remind you of that today. And I've chosen this story of the prodigal son who the Bible says went out and squandered all of his living, all of his money, all of his resource on wild living, whatever that means to you. He spent everything that he had and ended up looking for a job of any kind. And he got taken on by one of the farmers uh, in that country, in that foreign land, as it were, to him, because he wasn't used to living that way. And he took him in and gave him a job feeding the pigs. For a Jewish young man, this would be an insult indeed, for sure. But the Bible says that even there, while he was working, he had no resource. And it said that he would even desire to have some of the 
pods that were fed to the pigs, but no one gave him anything. And during that time of famine and during that time of lack, he came to his senses and he realized that there was something better back there in the father's house that he had left. There was something better in the father's house. And all of a sudden, it dawned on him that service in the father's house was absolutely far better than freedom in the far country. I want to say that again. Servitude or service in the Father's house is better than freedom in a far country. How many of our young people come up in life, and perhaps some of you did this yourselves, as you grew and you went out into the world thinking that's the place to be and that's the great place to be, but only realize that there's pleasure in sin for a season. And then when all is gone, you realize that you would have been better off staying in the Father's house, staying in church, even though they got all these crazy commandments that they teach from the Bible and you're supposed to live different than the world, but it's a whole lot better to be in the Father's house where there is provision, where there is blessing than to be in the world starving to death. Because we have a God that provides during a time of famine. I want us to remember that, that God provides during a time of famine. This young man realized that he needed a place to find food. And the father's house that he didn't like, the father's rules that he didn't like, the relationship he had there, the things that he had there, he didn't care for them. He didn't value them. But suddenly he realizes, look, I'm in a place right now where it would have been better for for me to stay in the father's house, not as a son, but if I could have just had a job as a servant in the father's house, it's better there than where I am now. And we will all come to that place at some point in our lives. But there is a place where there was provision. So he said, what am I doing here? I don't have anything. Servants in my father's house, they got enough food, they're taking it back to their quarters at night. Once they eat their meal, there's leftovers. They're taking it, they're having midnight snacks. I can't get anything. And at the father's house, there's more than enough. The church of Jesus Christ serves as a storehouse where there is provision. I'm reminded of the story in the book of Genesis chapter 41 when Joseph, of course, was now prime minister in Egypt and the Bible says there was a great famine in the land. And if you remember, he had stored up for the seven years of plenty and loaded storehouses filled. And suddenly they came to this famine time. They came to this time when crops were not growing and there was no food, there was nothing there. And suddenly everybody found themselves doing without. They were hungry. They felt like they were gonna starve. But there was a man of God by the name of Joseph who had prepared for this. And the Bible says in Genesis 41, 56, when the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians for the famine was severe throughout Egypt. 
Thank God for the full storehouses when the famine hits. When the famine came, Joseph had it, so he said, it's time to open up the storehouse. People are starving. I want to tell you today that this church, and not just this one, but the church of Jesus Christ, does serve, as I mentioned earlier, as a storehouse. It is a place where God pours his goods, pours his blessings, pours his anointing pours his strength, pours his help into the church. And in a time of spiritual famine, the church needs to open the storehouses and call on those who are hungry and thirsty to come and eat and drink and be filled with the goodness of God. In fact, I would tell you there's enough and then some. Listen to what the Bible says about this in Isaiah 55, 1. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. So God is saying, I've got something better at my house. There's something better at the Father's house. You don't have to starve out there. You can come to the Father's house and you can come without money and you can buy without money and you can receive everything God has to bless and give to you if you open your heart to him. So come, I say, come every time the door is open if you can. Come to the Father's house because I guarantee you there's something better in here than is out there in the world. There's something better in the Father's out. Our worst service is better than what the world has to offer. Are you hearing me? Our deadest church service is better than what the world gives. And some of you are connoisseurs of spiritual things. And man, it's got to be a high standard before you get blessed. I just want you to know that I'm just blessed to be here. I'm just blessed to stand in the presence of God, to lift my hands and thank God whether the singers do good or don't, whether the preacher preaches good or doesn't. It's a house of God. I'm in my Father's house, and there's something better in the Father's house than at the ball game. There's something better in the Father's house than the tavern at the end of the road. There's something better in the house of of God. In this love relationship with the Lord, I like what the Song of Solomon in this love description, it says in Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 4, let him lead me to the banquet hall. Let him lead me to the banquet hall. When I see banquet hall, I'm thinking food. Who has a banquet without food? That's impossible. You're going to have a banquet, you got food, right? So let him lead me to that banquet hall. Banner over me be loved. Aren't you glad today that we're the loved of the Lord? We're the saved of the Lord. We're those that have been in the Father's house. And we're going to have to remember that as we live in this world. Because Jesus said you're going to be hated in the world. Not every person, but some of you have already withstood some adversity like this. Some of you have already gone through some situations. You've got to remember that it's better in the Father's house. The Bible tells us a great story in 2 Samuel chapter 9 about uh, when David came to the throne and he was looking around and he remembered 
his relationship with Jonathan, who was the son of King Saul. And uh, even though King Saul tried to kill David and did all kinds of evil against him, yet David had like the heart of Christ. He wanted to bless somebody in the family and he wanted to do it for Jonathan's sake. So he called in a servant and he said, I want you to go and look and see, is there anybody left uh, uh, out of the house of Saul that I could show some kindness to for Jonathan's sake? Is there anybody that needs anything anywhere? And the servant said to him, yep, there is, there is one. There's a, there's a son that Jonathan had. And, and Jonathan's son, his name is Mephibosheth. And he's got a problem because uh, he, he was dropped. Uh, uh, there, was a, there was a time when they were trying to run away from trouble. And the servant, uh, the person that was carrying him dropped him and he was crippled. And the, he's been lame ever since. And he's down there in a, in a place called Lodabar. And, and that, that name Lodabar means without pasture, pastureless. In other words, it was a desolate place. He said, he's down there in the house of Maker. He's been down there. He's been forgotten. Uh, he's, he, he's a cripple. He can't offer anything to anybody. He can't do anything for anybody. And so when David heard it, he said, you bring him to my house. You bring that crippled boy to my house. And they did. And when Mephibosheth was brought into the house, it says in 2 Samuel 9, 8, Mephibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I've given you, your master's grandson, everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crop so that your master's grandson may be provided for. I love what's coming next. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. He will always eat at my table. Then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Like one of the king's sons. There was something better in the father's house. Now he wasn't Mephibosheth's physical father but he became his spiritual father and said come on to my house and when he got to his house he said you can eat here. Not in the servants quarters. Not in the back room. Not in the basement. You sit at the table with the king's sons. Aren't you glad when you come to the father's house you're sitting with the king's sons and daughters. Yeah, go on and let's praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank God. So we realize that there's something better. There's something better at the Father's house. In fact, the psalmist said in Psalm 84, 4, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you when they get into the father's house when they get into that relationship no wonder the psalmist said I was glad when they said unto me let us go to the house of the Lord there was something about the father's house there was something about the presence of God and that was on an earthly level because at that point David's not in heaven David's still on earth but he said I was glad I had the opportunity to go to the house of the Lord the father's house so what do we do? Now I know I mentioned this last week or the week before, but I want you to take note of this, what I'm about to say. Because we are going to need each other. Don't alienate yourself. We are, go we, I promise you, going forward, we are going to need each other. The people of God are going to need 
each other. And the writer of the book of Hebrews had the revelation, because it's inspired by God, to know about this time and write about it. And here's what he says in Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. The Father's house needs to be characterized by love and good deeds. The Father's house. I don't expect that from the world. The Father's house. Now you're getting quiet on me. You mean I got to love? Yep, you got to love. And we consider not how we can aggravate one another, but how we can spur one another toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. And he knew in saying this that it was going to become a habit for some not to. Because he said, as some are in the habit of doing. But, not, where were you last Sunday? Where were you? Where were you? No. But encouraging one another. All the more. No, it must have been not as much. No, it said all the more. Now, why is that important? Because we just spent two Sundays preaching about the days in which we live. And we preached about difficult times and dangerous times, perilous times. God knew it. And he said, as you see this thing winding down or winding up, whichever way you want to put it, see, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. He said, all the more as you see the day approaching. There are two chapters in the book of Acts. I'm going to give you one of them. I'm not going to give you both. I'll tell you the first one. But uh, the first one's in Acts 14. We're not going to read that. But the Bible tells us that Paul and Barnabas, when they were sent out on a missionary journey from Antioch, they came back there. And when they came back there, it says that on arriving there, they gathered the church together. They gathered the church together. Now, that was the church that sent them out. See, they got their calling from God there. And so when they got back there, they called the church together. One chapter later, when there was a dispute over some of the things in the law, they were looking for answers at Antioch, and and they were down in Jerusalem. Paul and Barnabas, after the decision was made as to how to help that church in Antioch, they sent some men there from Jerusalem. And here's what it says in Acts 15, verse 30. So the men were sent off and went down to Antioch where they gathered the church together. Gathered the church together and delivered the letter. And the people read it and were glad for its encouraging message. Now, folks, I'm going to just tell you that this is so vital for where we are right now. There's got to be God help us. There's got to be the gathering together so that we can hear something encouraging. We've got to hear something encouraging. Now, we're not going to make light of sin. We're going to preach it like we always did, always have for 40-some years and however long before I ever got here. 
But we got to know there's something better in the Father's house that would make somebody want to be in the Father's house. And sometimes we just we need a word of encouragement. You need it, I need it, we all need it, right? We need a word of encouragement. And the Bible said they were glad. Do you know the scripture says and I don't think I gave him this one, but he says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11, therefore encourage one another and build each other up. Just as in fact you are doing. Build one another up. Build one another up. Because we know that there's a, a, a price to be, to be paid to live the true Christian life in this time. And as I said, it's getting more and more that way. And every week, it doesn't seem to let up. In fact, it gets deeper and worse. I'm just being honest. What we're hearing and seeing. And, and we're being more and more verbally and in written things as well. In the media, Hollywood, everywhere, pushed to the side. And you got to stand. Folks, we got to stand. So when you come to this house... I need to tell you about those things, but I also need to see that you're encouraged so you can walk out of here, straighten your shoulders, and walk with Jesus Christ. Now, here's something we have never experienced, but Christians in the first century did, and others are now. But here's what I want you to see about that. Again, we go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. Verse 33, this word of encouragement. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along. I'm going to stop just for a second to say, if you've been taught that Christians don't suffer anything, You've been taught wrong. You've been taught wrong. And you won't be ready for what's coming if that's your belief. Get it out of your head. You have been called to suffer for Christ. I'm not talking physical sickness and all of those things right now. I'm talking about what is coming and what was already here. You suffered along with those in prison. Now listen to this. And joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. Huh? What do you mean joyfully accepted it? I'm not accepting that. Are you crazy? I'm getting a lawyer. Well, they didn't have any lawyers to help them, but he said, you accepted this. And why? Because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. Brothers and sisters, this has got to resonate in our spirits again. We've got better and lasting possessions better than a car, better than a house, better than stocks and bonds, better than anything. We've got lasting possessions in heaven. And if they take everything from us, we can't take that. And here's the encouragement. Verse 35, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be 
richly rewarded. Hallelujah. Scripture said if you suffer with him, you'll reign with him. Hallelujah. If you have a hard time here, you're going to have a blessed time there. Praise God. Are you looking for Jesus to come? So that early church had this, this conviction that, yeah, we're going to. And, you know, we've been blessed, and I, I hope we never come to that. I really do. We pray. That's why we have prayer meetings, right? We pray against those things. We pray for godly leadership. We do all those things. We pray. But if it comes, I want you to be strong enough to stand through it. And I need to be strong enough to stand through it. We cannot win a world without something better at the Father's house. I heard it many, many years ago. If you have a, a dog and that dog has dug up an old dirty bone and got it carrying around and chewing on it and you're concerned about it and you want to get that bone away from the dog, don't reach your hand out and try to take it. You may pull it back with a couple fingers gone. But instead of arguing with the dog over the dirty bone, get a fresh piece of red meat and put it out there and let the dog see it. And he'll drop the bone and come for this. I know it's a poor illustration, but I want you to understand there's a lot of dirty bones in this world. But the church of Jesus Christ ought to have some fresh banqueting food so somebody wants to come in because it's better in the... Hallelujah. It's, it's better in the Father's house. I said it's better. It's better in the Father's house. Psalm 16, 11 says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand in the worst of times. This is what the prodigal learned. At the worst of times, it's still better in the father's house because there's enough and to spare. It's always going to be better no matter how the world is. It's going to be better with the people of God. Whether you suffer or reign, it's better with the people of God than it is with the world. Amen. And I close with this verse in John chapter 16, words of Jesus again, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in the world and that's where you live. I guess, uh, is it tomorrow? Or Tuesday when the, the billionaire Mr. Branson goes into outer space. Today, he's going today. And Mr. Bezos is following him nine days later, right? Okay. These guys are going to be out of the world for a little while. <laughs> but for the rest of us, <laughs> we're still in the world, right? I'm not going for a space ride today. I'm not, breaking, <laughs> I'm not breaking that barrier. I'm not going into outer space. How much did he pay for that? Oh, my Lord. Boy, we could have paid this church off and built how many more? Anyway, enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> that might be the closest he ever gets to heaven. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not judging. I don't know. God knows. But he said, uh, in, this, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, <laughs> I have over.
overcome the world. Now, he didn't say because I've overcome the world, you won't have any trouble. He just said you will have trouble, but keep reminding yourself, I'm serving one who has overcome the world. And you, brothers and sisters, are more than conquerors through him that loved you and gave himself for you. You are overcomers and conquerors and victorious through the blood of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to walk out of here knowing you're going into an evil, sinful world this coming week, but you've got something to go with because you've got the Holy Spirit abiding within you. You've got the Word of God, and you've been encouraged today. And if you come back tonight, you get more encouragement. And you'll be able to walk out there. And then, sometimes you're going to have to do like David because there's nobody around to do it for you. You have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Sometimes you just got to get that Bible yourself and get with God and say, God, I need encouragement. When folks wanted to stone David, that's what he did. The Bible said he encouraged himself in the Lord. I'm just telling you today, church, no matter what you hear, there's something better in the Father's house. I said, there's something better in the Father's house. Stand with me, if you will. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, we know that the ultimate Father's house, Jesus says in John 14, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And how could we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. That's the word of the Lord. So he said, I'm going somewhere and you know, and you even know how to get there. And Thomas, Peter, Lord, how could we ever know the way? Jesus said, you're looking at the way. The way isn't the church of God, the assemblies of God, the Baptist church. No, 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 no. Jesus, you can join all those churches and still not make it. Jesus is the way. Jesus is a rock and a weary land. He's a shelter in the time of storm. Folks, I didn't have to preach like this all the time 30 years ago. It's a different day. And I realize that. And I want you to realize that. But we're not going to lose our faith and our hope and our joy and our peace. Because we're always going to know, no matter how heated it is in the world, there's something better in the Father's house. Hallelujah. I said there's something better. There'll always be something that we can raise a hallelujah. I came out here this morning. They were rehearsing that song. And I, Tara put the mic at me and I said, I raise an umbrella. Because it was pouring rain. I think they lost everything when I said that. But today we want to take the umbrella down, as it were, and say, rain on us, Lord. Rain on us, Holy Spirit. Rain on us, Holy Spirit. Now, we're not in any hurry. So I want to first of all tell you that if you don't know the Lord as your Savior or your backslider away from Him, these altars are always open to you. If God convicts you during a sermon or a song service and you want to come and give your heart to the Lord, come down here. If you need help 
doing that, just raise your hand. I promise you somebody will come to you because we want you to know Jesus. We want you to know Jesus. But there might be a few people that just simply need healing, and that's no simple thing, but for God it's easy. Or you may just need that personal encouragement because you're walking through a difficult spot right now, and you know it. I want to open this altar to you to come stand, kneel, whatever. We're going to sing and bless the Lord. But we're going to pray for his presence. So will you come right now? In Jesus' name, Father, I believe there's something better at the Father's house even today, Lord. I believe, God, that every time we come together, Lord, there's something better at the Father's house than what we left in the world. And I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for the reality, God, of your presence. For you promised in your word that when we would come together, and Lord, even if that was only two people, or maybe three uh, on, the, on the larger end of it. You said, I will be there in the midst of them. And so, Father, we know that you're here now. And God, we're opening our hearts to you today, Lord. We thank you for the Father's house, God. We thank you, Lord, for a place to worship, a place to sing, a place to pray. A place, God, to be taught the Word of God. Lord, we thank you, God, for a place of fellowship. We thank you, God, for a place of friendship and relationship. God, I thank you, Father, for that. I thank you for brothers and sisters who, through Calvary, through the blood of Jesus, today they're one. Hallelujah. They're one because of your blood. They're one because of your spirit, Lord. And I thank you for that. I thank you for that, Lord. And God, as we worship you this day, and as we bless you today, God, bring encouragement. Bring encouragement, God. We see so many troubling things. Our Lord, in the, in the news, we see so many troubling things around us, God. And we hear so many reports of so many negative things that are happening. But Lord, we are not in that environment right now. We're in this place, God, where people of like precious faith have gathered to bless and to praise and glorify your name. They've come today, God, with expectation. Don't let them leave with disappointment, but let them be ministered to right now. Let them be ministered to right now. Right now, Lord, in your name, Jesus, in your name, Lord. It's wide open for you, church. Hallelujah. It's wide open for you, church. Be encouraged today in the Lord. Hallelujah. And if you have no need, it'd be a great time to come and praise him. Just to come and bless his name. We heard it earlier. He inhabits ah, the praises of his people. Thank you, Lord. When the people at the dedication of the temple of Solomon, it says that when they blessed the Lord, when the trumpeters played, the singers sung, the glory of the Lord filled the house. Hallelujah. They just sang and blessed and praised God. But the Lord came down as a result of hearts filled with gratitude. They're going to lead us in something, sing it, whatever it is, and bless the Lord. Come and join us if you'd like. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty, for my soul longs and deep and faints for you. For is satisfied. 
Aren't you so thankful for those arms of Jesus that are there every time? And I want to I say thank you, Pastor, for that message. And I am so thankful for this church. I am so thankful that I come to a church where the pastor preaches the word. And I know he's going to continue to do that, and I appreciate that. I appreciate this worship team who does an amazing job every week. To be able to come up here and just get lost in the presence of the Lord. And the sacri- not only the sacrifice of them playing and them singing, but it's very rare that they get to experience that because they're providing that for us. So I'm very so thankful. I'm also thankful for every person in this sanctuary. I thank you for supporting this church. I thank you for your dedication. I thank you for your work and everything that you do. And I personally want to thank people here that personally encourage me. 
you know, I really appreciate every person in this room. And um, this, this Reamstown Church of God wouldn't be Reamstown Church of God without you. So thank you for all your dedication and support. So I also want to give you one last bit of encouragement, and that is to come back tonight at 6 p.m. So Aaron Whetstone, I had the privilege of hosting him for a youth event, Heart of Worship. I'm not sure how many years ago. I don't even want to try to calculate that. But an amazing man of God, and you're going to be blessed if you come out here tonight. Um, So I want to encourage you that we have this place that we can come worship God, come back tonight, and and support Aaron. Um, Going on this week, I know I'm probably going to miss some things, but we do have a playoff softball game on Monday for the white team at New Life. So if you're part of that team, remember that, or go out and support them. We do have all of our clubs and um, classes on Wednesday. So if you will come out and support those. And I'm not sure if I'm missing anything else. Um, but um, let's, let's close in a word of prayer and um, see you back tonight at 6. Lord, I'm just so thankful for this church, as I mentioned, Lord. And, and Lord, as we can come here and get encouraged, Lord, and our spirits are lifted up, Lord, I ask that you would just give us that encouraging spirit, Lord, as we leave this building today. Lord, as we, as we go out today, as we go out into the, our jobs or around our friends or around our families, Lord, that the words that come out of our mouth are encouraging and uplifting to them, Lord. Lord, give us that spirit of encouragement, Lord, that we can come here and get full, but then go out and bless other people with your love. Lord, I just ask that you would be with us today. Bring us back here safely tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.